morning, Church Project. How are you? All right. Everyone's looking good this morning. We're glad that you're here. If you're a first-time guest to Church Project, we want you to sit back and relax, enjoy yourself. Uh, We're going through the book of James, and so it's important to have a Bible in front of you. If you don't own a Bible, there's Bibles in the rows uh, on the ends, or there's Bibles over on the lamps. Uh, If you have one of those blue Bibles, you can open it up to page 699, or the verses we're going to be looking at today is James chapter 1, verses 5 through 11. And and I got to say, I'm excited to go through the book of James. This is our third week in the book of James. And even as this video was showing just a minute ago, this is the kind of faith that I want. I want, I want faith in something that's going to stand, not something that's just going to fade away. And we'll look at scripture and how that talks about shifting faith in this world. But I say, sign me up for the kind of faith that I can count on, that I can look and I can say, God, it's only in you that this faith is possible. And as we're looking at the book of James, I got to tell you, I'm excited to see what God does in our body as we look at the teaching that, that James has given us about how our works line up to live in the kind of life that God has intended for Christians to live as we reflect his glory in everything that we do and say. Have you enjoyed studying the book of James already? How many of you have gone on your own time and read through the book of James, just kind of praying and seeing what God is doing? If not, I hope that you're doing that because we're going to be in James for a little while, so I'd encourage you to do that. So welcome. Welcome. I'm glad you're here. Hey, before we get started, um, you know, if you were here last week, we showed a picture and it was a, it was a beautiful picture. It was a picture that I wanted to celebrate and say, hey, let's see what God is doing in Haiti. Because a year ago, we decided, okay, God called us to, to build a church building in Haiti. And I, and I put a picture up there and said, hey, congratulations, like beautiful. We have a church building. It's, it's in Haiti. We meet in a cafetorium. I think that's the official name of this, the cafetorium. Pretty fancy, right? But we have a church building in Haiti. And, and we applaud and said, all right, God, thank you for what you're doing. Um, and then we had a lunch with an individual uh, that really spoke about missions, and he spoke directly into the heart of missions and, and was saying, Aaron, you know, it, the, the building, that's awesome. I'm glad God is doing some incredible things, but isn't missions about people as well? And, and absolutely, I want to highlight what God has done with our building, but I also want to highlight what God is doing with our people. And specifically, I want to put a picture up that maybe some of you know this couple right here, Robbie and Katie Hill. How many of you know them? <laughs> we love them. Uh, who knows where in the world Robbie and Katie Hill are right now, but you know, even this week I got an email from them saying, we're here, God's doing cool things, we love listening to the podcast every week, and so they listen to the podcast every week, and they, they commented on hearing Christina's voice laughing and different people. And so these, if you don't know, Katie and Robbie Hill, they have been um, on the world race. And the world race, they're going to, I don't know how many countries, but they've been gone for a long time. And they're traveling. And what they're doing is they're going in to these different countries and telling people about the love of God and sharing the good news, gospel message. And some of the updates that we've been getting from them are just mind-blowing and some of the scenarios that, that God has put them in. But church, as much as we celebrated last week the completion of a building, can we celebrate today that Robbie and Katie are out somewhere in the world and God is using them in big ways just to 
share this gospel message. And so can we just, because they're listening over podcasts, they're not here. Can we just say we love you, Katie and, and Robbie, and then I'd like to say a prayer over them. So on three, we love you, Katie and Robbie. One, two, three. Love you, Katie and Robbie. All right. So I'm going to pray over them. God, wherever uh, Katie and, and Robbie are right now, I pray that you encourage their hearts. Let them know that you're using them in powerful, powerful ways. Give them energy. Give them focus. Give them the stamina to keep waking up every day and telling people and showing people your love, your grace, your forgiveness, your purpose, who you are. And God, I pray that you break their hearts. Break their hearts for you. I pray that you strengthen Katie and Robbie, their marriage. I pray that they grow closer together than ever before. And God, when you bring them back home to Greeley, Colorado, to Church Project, that they bring such a powerful, powerful anointing of your spirit and an urgency of mission back to us. God, I thank you that you're using them wherever they are. Let them know that you're in control today. It's your name we pray. Amen. Beautiful. The church, the people worldwide. In Haiti, wherever it's at, the good news message, how it, how it lands on the hearts of the people here and beyond, that God is breaking through all time and space today as you sit here in this chair to show you how much he loves you, to show you who he is, to show you that regardless of our actions, as good and as bad as they are, we are desperate and we are in need of a Savior because without God, we are nothing. But with God, We get to reflect his glory and who he is. And he begins to inject us with hope and love. And I'm not sure about you, but I need a lot of hope and I need a lot of love in my life. As we look at the book of James, we're going to look at these these verses. And so open it up to James chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 5 through 11. A little bit about James is that when James is teaching... And we've talked about this multiple times. He, he gives imperative forms of verbs. The, 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 the verbs that say, this is, you have to do this. Like, it's imperative. It's not a suggestion. And, and James is teaching, and, and God is teaching us through this scripture how we are to live Christian lives. Like, how, how we're to wake up tomorrow and, and our actions are to encounter our faith and what that means and how to reflect God more accurately with our lives. And so as we're studying the book of James, these are imperatives on how we should live the Christian life. James, the author, he's writing to Christians during this time that have been persecuted And he's writing to remind these people, as persecution has come, James is writing to remind these people of the grandeur of God. Saying, don't forget, God is is greater and grander than anything you could ever imagine. He's the author and perfecter of everything. And so, Christians, as you're getting persecuted, don't don't forget that this is about God. All of our life is about God. First and foremost, as we read James... And then we see a couple themes that are repeated during the book of James. James is writing us to encourage us to move towards endurance when we face hard times. And he's writing us to encourage us to gain wisdom. And so these are themes that are going to continue to repeat. And we'll see that in our passage uh, this week especially. This week I was able to go up to, to Gunnison. And that's kind of one of my escape places that I go to. 
before we started Church Project, we worked at a church in Gunnison. And so we have a lot of people that we love in Gunnison. And we, just two weeks ago, celebrated four years as a church of meeting every single week. And that, that's awesome to think. God's been moving this and growing this for the last four years. And so when I went back to Gunnison, uh, I went there and, and I went with a specific reason. There's been people in Gunnison that have been supporting us financially from the beginning. Uh, I don't, it takes a lot to start a church and to keep a church going. And so I was able to, to meet with people, and I had a busy day on Monday, just meeting with people one after another and, and shaking their hands and saying, thank you so much for believing in the ministry of Church Project, for believing in what God was doing. And, and I was able to share some stories as we, we look around and we see marriages that are being restored. We see addictions that are being broken. We see eternities that hope is getting injected to it. There's so many stories in these seats, and I was able to share that with the people of Gunnison. And one of the things that I like to do is there's a place up there called Juanita Hot Springs. Anyone ever been to Juanita Hot Springs? <clears throat> oh, wait, we have some hands going. Juanita Hot Springs. Uh, you don't get cell service in this place. That's the number one beauty part about it. Like, it's no cell service. You go there, and it's, it's just it's this dude ranch in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the mountains. But they also have a, a, a big hot spring that feeds a big pool. And at 3 in the morning, because I don't like to sleep, I don't know why, I went out at 3 in the morning, and I ran through the freezing temperature and got in the hot springs of Juanita, and I'm just, I'm laying there floating. And I put just enough floaties in just the right spots where the only thing showing was my nose and mouth so I could breathe, and because any other than that, I would just freeze to death. And so I'm floating in this warm water, and I'm just looking up at the stars, and it's quiet, and it's peaceful. And I'm so comfortable, and, and I'm, I just begin to pray, and I begin to think about what God is doing, in, not only in church project, but what he's doing in, in my life, and how he's moving, and how he's speaking in my life. I'm not sure about you, but I have a chaotic schedule. And as I looked at the year 2016, and I look back at the year 2015, one of the things that God was just really convicting me about was that my chaotic schedule was just that a chaotic schedule. And I wasn't taking enough time to really just sit in those moments, like 3 a.m. floating in a hot tub with no distraction and just looking and thinking about God. I haven't been taking enough time in, in my daily rhythm of life or in my weekly rhythm of life to just sit and to be and to contemplate the things of God. To sit over a psalms or to sit over a worship song and to think and meditate on who God is and the theology of God and how big he is and how that relates to me. And in those moments, when you take those moments, like 3 a.m. in the morning, and you begin to think about God, you know what that does to me? It reminds me how desperately I need to cling to him and his word. Because without those moments... Without that rhythm, without that focus, without that silence, life comes about me, becomes about me quickly. So church, I want to encourage us as we're reading through James and as we're thinking about this new year and we're thinking about who God is, that we would take time each individually to just hit pause, hit pause multiple times during a day. Sit, think about the grandness of God and how desperately we need to cling to him. As we look at this passage here, in multiple ways, James is instructing us 
how to have wisdom. Any of you need wisdom? Any of you want more wisdom? <laughs> I remember wrestling in, in high school. I was all right. I was a pretty good, pretty good little scrappy guy. I just never gave up. That was the, I had no talent. I just never gave up. And so wrestling in high school, I, I remember I would, I'd be wrestling, and, 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 and I, because I didn't really think, I just kind of went out and did my thing. There were, there were times when I just found myself on my back going, what do I do? Like, I, oops, I should have paid attention during practice or something, right? And it was during those times that I, that I would look over on the side of the mat. I had that coach, the coach that just never gave up, Coach Rusher on the side of the mat, and I would look over out of desperation like, Coach, what do I do? Like, hey, please help. I'm about to die here. And he, would, he, and he would begin to just tell me, move that arm, do this. Like he always was right there, always giving me instruction on what to do. Coach Rusher always reassured me. And he was never at the spot on the side of the mat where, I know this is, this is cheesy, but hashtags are cool, right? And so he, he never like threw up the hashtag and was like, I don't know. I don't know, right? He never did that. Like, as soon as I looked over at Coach Rusher, he always had an encouragement to give me, something to do, wisdom in this moment. Aaron, this is how you get off your back. And as we look at James, God is saying, I want you to realize how big I am. And James is writing to give us instruction, to give us wisdom. Sign me up for this wisdom. Let's look at our verses today. James chapter 1, verses 5 through 11. It's in page 699 of the Blue Bible. This is what it says. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation and the rich in his humiliation, because like a flower of the, like a flower of the grass, he will pass away. For the sun rises with its scorching heat and withers the grass. Its flowers falls and its beauty perishes. So also will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuits. Church, let me pray for us as we begin to look and study God's word today. God, thank you for bringing us here. I pray that these many words that are strung together are just interwoven with your spirit, that you'd give us clarity, you'd awaken our hearts, you'd awaken our minds, that you would calm us, we'd be in this moment, and God, we would hear your voice and see your face. Thank you for bringing us here this morning. In your name we pray, amen. Hey, one of my hopes is we're going through and, and we're studying the, the books of the Bible and, and we're doing this on purpose, going verse by verse, is that it collectively what it also is doing is it's teaching us each individually how to take a passage and how to just fully expose the truth in that passage. I thought about bringing up some of my concordances up here. Any of you ever seen a concordance? These things are ridiculous. They make great paperweights. They're huge. What's, what's crazy about concordances is this is my Bible. And by the way, yes, it's big print because I'm getting blind, okay? This, this is my Bible right here. 
If I were to take like a concordance, it would be like six times this size. It just doesn't make sense to me, right? It's every word in the Bible, and it's six times that. It explains things. And so one of, my, one of the things that I hope to accomplish at Church Project is every week as we look at a passage, you begin to see even patterns as to how to dive into a passage yourself on Tuesday morning, Wednesday night, whatever it may be, and, and ask God to fully expose the truth that's in that passage. And so as we look at verse 5, let's begin to look and see. If any of you lacks wisdom, um, you can elbow your neighbor right now. Go ahead. It's okay. Hey, listen up. Wake up. You need this, right? (laughs) Okay. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach. When you look up the word reproach in the original Greek text here in one of those fancy concordances or whatever it may be, it it, kind of enlightens you a little bit as to what James is saying right here. And if you look up the word reproach, this is what you'll find. That word reproach means to express disapproval or not blame them. And so when you think of that word reproach in this context, if any of you lacks wisdom, and you you elbowed your neighbor and all of us have said, "We, we need more wisdom here, let him ask God. That's important. We need wisdom. What do we do? We ask God. And then what, is, what does the follow-up say? Who gives generously to all without reproach. And I think this shows how funny God can be at times. Like, th- this is funny. He's like, hey, uh, morons, <laughs> you need wisdom? Ask me, and I'm going to give it to you without reproach. Because if we look at the meaning of this word reproach, it means to express disapproval or not to blame them. So God is saying if you lack Wisdom, ask me, and I'm going to give it to you generously without blaming you because you need more wisdom. He's like, do you get this? Do you understand this? And this is where wisdom comes from. And God is going to give it to us generously. And continue to look at at our verse here. And it will be given to them if you ask him. He will give it to you without reproach, and it will be given to him. Verse 6. But let him ask in faith. In faith. With no doubting, for the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. I want to back up to verse 6 and just, and just highlight something. It says here, but let him ask in faith. I think this could be one of the passages that are so highly misinterpreted throughout, throughout all of our time here. You could pick up different commentaries, you could study it, and there's different versions to look at this. I want to say this, faith receives because it trusts. Faith receives because it trusts. It's ongoing, it's endless, it's it's going to keep going regardless. And James is saying in verse 6, but let him ask in faith. Faith is the thing described here that is the fellowship, the relationship with God. And What James is saying is, don't doubt God. He's saying, don't doubt God when you ask, because God is the one that can give wisdom, and he's going to give it generously, and he's not going to blame you for asking him. But when you ask him, don't doubt, and ask in faith, believing in who God is. What this scripture is not saying is that if you have a lack of faith, you just need more faith, And you're going to get this thing that you're asking for. It's not saying that. What the scripture is saying is the the perfecter of your faith is God. 
And if you focus on anything other than God, then you're unstable in your thinking. And you're going to be like a man or a woman that is just like a wave of the sea tossed to and fro. And so at one moment you can say, God Almighty, I believe in who you are. But on the other moment you can say, I don't believe in who God is. You're unstable in all your ways. And James is teaching here that it's faith in God. Not faith in our actions or lack of actions. He's not saying, if you just don't believe enough, you need to believe a little more, and I'm going to grant you this wisdom. Do you get what I'm saying? Do you, get, you see how this could be misinterpreted? So as James is saying, you need wisdom. Ask God who's going to give generously, but believe in who God is. Not in your actions or lack of actions. Believe in who God is, and you will be stable in everything that you do and say because of who he is. In essence, James is saying, stand up and say, I believe in God, and I do not doubt who God is. His goodness, his character, everything that I know about him. When God and his word is just another option, a suggestion, we will never truly know him. If in one breath you can say, I believe in God Almighty, but then in the other breath you go, he may be just a good teacher or something, we will never fully know and we will never fully know him. The Bible is one of the ways that God speaks to us. It's the inspired truth of God to us. And in this Bible, God reveals who God is. He reveals who God, what he is all about. And it's only by reading about his greatness that he reminds us of our need for him. If we think that approaching God is just another option that are, that are one of many out in this world, uh, one way to, to find truth and, and peace in life amongst many that are in this world, then we're unstable in our thinking. We're going to be tossed to and fro. If we think church is someplace that we can come and get a good word and open up the Bible and get great truth, and then go out on Monday morning and live somewhat in line with that, but just kind of see how our week goes and base our, our week and our actions on other things and other thoughts and, and our own desires, then we're unstable in our thinking. We will be tossed to and fro like a man and a woman while, as the wind is just blowing in the seas because we think that it's an option to serve God. James is writing, and he's writing with intense passion, and he's saying, I want you to never forget who God is. Dive into his word and let it change your life. In his word and in his spirit, there is truth on how to live and how to live godly lives, regardless, church, I know this is a hard message, regardless of the cost, regardless of the pain, regardless of the time that it takes. When we open up his word and we study the truth that is in this and we know the truth that is in this and then we leave and we begin to live opposite to his teaching or to begin to just interpret it our own way, then in essence what we are is we are leading in our lives to more pain because we know the truth and we know who God is but we choose to ignore it and go our own way. 
Church, it's a hard message. But it's the message. The message says this. You can choose which path you're going to go. Whether you're going to align your life with the teaching of God. Or you can make excuses and go your own way. Because it's, it's just going to cost a little too much. Or it, it, it's just going to, we, we say this quite often, sin, sin and going against his word will take you further than you wanted to go. It'll make you stay longer than you're willing to stay. And it'll make you pay more than you're willing to pay. All because you're choosing to ignore God's truth and live the way that you want to live. That would make us unstable in all of our ways, tossed to and fro like the wind of the sea. Because we're saying, God, regardless of your truth, I choose to do my own thing. Church, because I love you, I've sat with many many of us in coffee meetings, because I love you and because I need you to speak such, such violent truth in my life now and in the future as well, Please, when you pick up the word of God, it's not suggestions. It's how to live life. And we, when we live separate than that, it may feel good in the short term, but I'm telling you over and over again, 100% of the time, it only leads to more pain and hurt, death and destruction, and despair in our life. tossed to and fro like the winds of the sea in our life. When you sit in those moments at 3 a.m. in a hot tub, or you hit pause in your life to long enough to just focus in on who God is and his word, my prayer for me (laughs) and my prayer for us is that when his spirit teaches us and shows us who he is in his word, that we would say, this is not a suggestion, this is how I live my life. Regardless of the cost. Without ultimate faith in Christ, our lives will be tossed like the waves. Reminds me of a reading, a reading of Lewis Carroll's Alice and the Cat. Anyone ever read that? Lewis Carroll's Alice and the Cat? You know that one? Yeah? Should I do a play on it? No, you should. It's good. Lewis Carroll's Alice and the Cat. And so Alice, Alice goes up and says to the cat, Would you please tell me which way? Uh, which way I should, which way out to go, wait, I, I wrote it wrong. Would you please tell me which way to go from here? I wrote it wrong, so don't quote me, okay? All my dyslexic got me here, okay? Uh, would, so Alice goes to the cat, would you please tell me which way to go out from here? The cat says, that depends a great deal on where you want to get to. Alice says, I don't much care where. The cat says, then it doesn't matter which way you go from here. Alice says, so as long as I get somewhere. And the cat says, oh, you're sure to do that if you only walk long enough. Tossed to and fro, not knowing where life is taking us, not knowing where we base our truth out of and who we base it out of who the author and perfecter of our faith is. We are tossed, and we'll get somewhere, 
Just as long as we walk long enough, our life will take us somewhere. But is it where God wants us to be? Is it the life that's full of, of, of just the most? I don't want to live a life tossed by the waves of the sea. Like, I want to stand on truth in a world that is ever-changing of moral relativity and things. If it works for you, then go for it. I want to be grounded in the word of God. Church, I pray that that is us, that church project is reflected in our daily lives, in our actions, in our thoughts, the places we go, the way that we act and interact, the way that we think, the way that we pray is grounded in God's word. Amen, church? Philippians 3, 13 through 14 it's on page 678 of your blue Bibles. It says this, Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of Christ or God in Christ Jesus. I focus in on who Christ is and who God is in my life, and I do not look to the left or to the right. I strain forward. I run forward. I'm dedicated to this. I am convicted to who God is in my life. Nothing can derail me from focusing on the love of God. Because I have realized in my life that my actions have greatly separated me from the love of God, from who God is. And only by God dying, sending his son and dying on the cross for my sins and my complete and total surrender to him does life inject full meaning, purpose, and hope. As I stay focused on who God is and I align my life with his word and his will in my life, then what happens? I am less tossed like the wave of the sea, the wave of the sea and more grounded in who he is. God, this is my prayer, and I'm going to pray that for all of us. God, this is my prayer for us. This is my prayer for me. This is my prayer for every one of us in here. That we will be men and women, children, that will be focused on who you are. And regardless of the cost, regardless of the pain, we will align our lives with your truth. No substitute, no secondary, but only you. I pray that over every single one of us today. Church, does your life feel unstable, tossed like the wave of the sea, as James is saying here? May I propose a heavy, heavy thought here? This is what I propose. That if our lives feel unstable and tossed like the wave of the sea, that we may think much, we may be thinking too much of ourselves and temporary happiness and less about God and eternal truth. And his ultimate purpose for your life. My prayer is that our life would be put on display. God would be displayed in our actions and our thoughts. Because even in the hard times, when people are watching our lives, they will see that even in the hard times, as we overcome these hard times, that God's greatness is shown in our life. Has anyone read the book of Job? The book of Job, the pain, the pain, the pain, the death, the death, the death, the disease, the stripping everything away. And Job is resolute. He's focused on God. He won't curse God. He stays focused on God. And God is known through the book of Job, right? 
What about King David, the man after God's own heart, stumbled, messed up, killed, adultery, all sorts of stuff. And this guy, he had lots of trials in his life, did he not? And he stayed resolute on God. And look what happens through the life of David. God's name is known in this. What about the Israelites? The Bible is full of people like you and I, that as we face trials, they were tempted to do whatever felt right to them, to run, to get away. But as they stayed resolute on God and his word, God's glory shone through their life. That's the prayer. That's the hope for us, church. I'm reading a great book right now uh, called A Resilient Life by Gordon MacDonald. Anyone read this book? It's one of these books that's assigned to me. I'm like, all right, great, I'll read it. Cheesy cover, whatever. Start reading it. I'm like, oh my goodness. Like this, is a, this is a fabulous book. And one of the things that it's talking about is regardless of the questions that you're going to need to answer in different stages of your life, like think about if you're 20, what you're thinking about right now in your 20s. Your, your thinking is going to be a little different than if you're 80 or 90, right? Regardless of the questions that you need to answer in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 40s is the best year, by the way. I love the 40s, okay? 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. Our oldest member, Grandpa, in his 90s is going to give a message on March 13th. Is that right? So bring everyone for that. That's going to be good, yeah? Regardless of whatever questions you need to answer and and what's going on in your life during those different stages and phases of of, of who we are, um, God is saying, I want you to, and and this is kind of what this book is saying as well, I want you to have a resilient life, a life that is focused on who God is. As as these different things you're thinking in your different stages, um, you have to answer these. Like, Stay focused on who God is. Because in twi- in your, when you're in your 20s and 30s, you're ready to charge the world. Like, you're ready to go kick some tail. You got endless energy. The world's like, let's go take it. And as you get a little older, different things start to process. And as you move later on to the sage age in life, you begin to be a little, a little more timid, a little more reserved, but a lot more wise. And, and, different, and, and you begin to ask different questions in, in the later stages. Like, what's my life all about? Am I even needed anymore? And I want to speak specifically in, into our sage age. The, 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 the people that are now sitting or even listening to the podcast, as I sat with one of our supporters in Gunnison this last week, who was saying, I've retired. I've retired. I have a decent amount of money, but I feel useless. I, I, I don't feel needed. I don't know what my purpose is. And that's a question that this godly man, who's been a godly man for as long as I've known him, is answering right now in a deep, deep way. He's saying, how do I stay focused on God and how do I gain wisdom in that? And I want to say this to every single one of us that are, that are here, that are listening. We are a body moving together. It takes all of us to be alive in, in the places and spaces that God's given us. This morning, uh, Tiffany, we're, thank you, Tiffany. And Trish, where's Trish? Thank you for leading our, our, our women's study. I invite every single woman, woman, women, women, women. Is that okay? Can we invite every woman? All the women? Sunday mornings, 8.30 Sunday mornings in the teacher's lounge. We have women that are coming together. 
This morning was a bunch of food. I wish I could have snuck in there. But they open up the Bible. They open up God's word. They look each other in the eyes. They, they spur each other on to love and good deeds. And, and what started with just two, or now it's now growing a little bit. And there's relationship that's, that's moving together. And thank you for walking in that. And thank you for leading in that. And I'm excited to see what happens with our women as they grow in relationships with each other. As Katie and Robbie are off, who knows in the world, doing what they're doing. God has got a specific thing for each and every one of us in our life to move forward together. I love this church. I love what God is doing in this church, but it takes all of us moving together, staying resilient, staying focused on his word as God does his thing in Greeley and beyond. So church, I say, let's do this thing, huh? Let's, let's do church project. Let's, let's focus on God. Let's say, God, I will find wisdom in who you are. My faith in you will be non-shakable. I will not find wisdom from anything other than your word and who you are in my life. And I will not be a wave of the sea tossed to and fro by the wind. You think this is going to be a, a about 30 more minute message, don't you? No, we'll close it up. I'll get to verse 9 and we'll close this thing up. Let the lowly brother boast, boast in his exaltation and let the rich in his humiliation because like a flower of the grass, he will pass away. For the sun rises with its scorching heat and withers the grass. Its flower fail, falls and its beauty perishes. So also will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuit. As we look at verse 9, 10, it talks about the lowly brother and the rich talks about how they will pass away. This is, this is literally talking about physical poverty here. And in Corinthians 1.31, the verse says this, Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. And so what James is saying is he's saying, The lowly brother, let him boast in his exaltation. And let the rich and he's talking about the physically rich here, the one, that's not a, the one that's not a Christian, not a brother here. He's in a humble situation because he thinks he has everything that he needs. And when you think you have everything that you need in life, you, don't, you have no need for God. But the person in a humble situation realizes regardless of how much money I have or don't have, all of life comes down to knowing God and making God known. And you're in a humble position in that point because you know that you rely on God. The one that is focusing on temporary conditions, temporary wisdom, doing what we want, or the one focused on temporary conditions, money, 401k, our own pride, we're going to realize that we're not in the position that God's called us to be. It's not about having money or not having money, but it's about how we use that money and how we say, God, may you have glory through that. And it's, and it's not about having our own pride and running after life our own way, but saying, God, use me, teach me, let me be humble and realize that all of life comes down to one thing, and that's to know you. Church, separate from God's word, I'm a beast. <laughs> I will go my own way. I will look out for me. And separate from godly counsel, men and women that are speaking into my life, I will do the same thing. I encourage every one of us in this room 
to have someone that's mentoring us on purpose as we go through God's word. I have a great friend, Pastor Darren Glaghorn of of Cowboy Church. And we meet every Tuesday. We have for the last four years. And why this is growing into such a beautiful relationship is he knows when I'm I'm BSing. (laughs) He he knows when I'm acting proud. proud. He knows when when I'm having a rough day. He, He is speaking into me because we've spent time together. And he's saying, Aaron, your life is not lining up with the word of God in this area. And he speaks boldly into that. And he encourages me and spurs me on to love and good deeds. Church, do you have that with the people around you right now? Who can you say is mentoring you in the word of God? Our house churches are a great place to have this happen, by the way. Our women's Bible study, a great place to have that happen, by the way. Our youth are going on a ski retreat here next month, a great way to have that happen. Our marriage retreat, a great way to have that happen. Church, let's do this together. Let's engage as we seek the wisdom of God. And regardless of our life situations and circumstances, we point to the grandness of God. I want to end with this. There's a lot of antsy people to see football. (laughs) And it's been longer today. I'm sorry. Actually, I'm not sorry. But I want to end end with this. and, And I ask us to pray this honestly and vulnerably. It's Psalms 139. Verses 23 through 24. It's on page 358 of your blue Bible. Psalms 139, verses 23 through 24. As we think of the teaching of James and how James is saying you need wisdom. It's not going to come from anything other than God. Stay focused on God and who he is. And regardless of your life and lowly circumstances or in much, may that not even matter because these are temporary things. Focus on God. And as we think of that, let's think on these verses and make these our prayer today. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Let me read this again. If you want to just close your eyes and meditate on this and think on this. Make this your prayer today. Search me, O God. Ask God to to show you and teach you in this moment. Search me, O God, and know my heart. God, reveal to me my intentions of my actions and my thoughts. Search me, O God, and, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. Just begin to ask God in this moment to show you the thoughts that you have, what's in your heart. Search me, O God, and know my heart, and and try me, and know my thoughts, and see if there be any grievous way in me. Church, in this place, if, if you could begin to pray and just talk and just ask, God, is there anything in me that's grievous? 
Anything that is going against your word and your solid truth that's in here. God, if so, bring that to my mind and bring that to my thoughts at this moment. Search me. Know my heart. Know my thoughts. And if there's anything that is grievous in me, God, lead me to the way of everlasting. Remove me from those grievous things. I pray that I focus on you. You are the way that is everlasting in my life. So church, our prayer is that if there's anything in our hearts that is not aligned with God's wisdom, his truth, that in this moment, regardless of what tomorrow looks like or how hard that's going to be to realign our lives with his word, no matter how, how much it's going to hurt to walk through, no matter how long it's going to take to walk through this thing that is grievous in us, that goes against God's word, no matter how much we're going to pay, may we be willing as men and women of God, followers of Christ, to say, search me, God, and if there's anything that doesn't align in my life with your word and who you are and your character, let that just be a grievous thing that I give to you, and may I focus on you and align my life with you. May I no longer be in a pattern of repetitive, tossed round, a tossed wave of a wind that's tossing a wave to and fro. May that no longer be my pattern. But God in me, I pray you do a new thing. Break the old ways. Break the old lies. Set me in a new path. A path that says, God, for your glory, for who you are, I align my life with your spirit, with your word, your purpose in my life. That old thing's dead. That old way's dead. God, I pray in this moment that your spirit is so moving in our hearts and in our minds that we can't, we just have to respond to you. I pray that everything is burned away in our minds and in our hearts, that the only thing that remains is you, God, that you remain. And that our lives, the temporary stuff, the problems, the situations, they will fade away. And you will remain. God, I pray that we would not be distracted by the things that will come and go. How many houses do we have to live in? How many cars do we have to drive? How many checks have we written? How many sorrows have we walked through? God, you have remained faithful through all of this. When we thought we could count on something stable, it's no longer there. God, if any of us are holding on to things right now that are temporal, like those are the things that are going to last, God, would you burn them from us? Burn all that away. So the only thing that remains is you and your word in our life. That we would reflect your glory, your grandness, in everything that we do and say in our actions. God, may our life reflect your eternal glory. Church, if there's any of us in here that just hasn't surrendered control of our life to God, that this would be the day that that changes. 
that if we're holding anything back from you, God, we would give it to you. We'd realize that apart from you, God, we're desperate, broken, and we need you with all of our lives. 